0: Welcome to the World of Aora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity Games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello players, and welcome to today's episode of the World of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode, where we dive into the lore and history and mechanics of the Pillars of Eternity games so that we can learn more about Avowed as it undergoes development and will be released. For those who aren't aware, Avowed and Pillars of Eternity both share the same game world, and so that's why we're going to dive into the Pillars games to hopefully speculate and learn about Avowed. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the nation and people of Adir. I went through the reveal trailer a couple episodes ago, as well as the leak information in the last episode, and the Nation of Adir has come up quite a bit, and so I figured this is probably somewhere we should start. These are a people group that you guys should know about moving into Avowed, especially if they're going to be part of the game. With that all said, let's dive into today's lore. I'm curious. What exactly did you find there? So, Adir. What is Adir? Whenever you reference Adir, it's really going to be the context of the conversation that tells you what we're talking about. Because Adir is a place, it's a people group, and it's also a language. So first off, a place. Adir is the name of a continent given by the people who live there. The people who live on that continent are the people of Adir. They call themselves the Adir Empire. And the language of the people is also called Adir. They speak Adirin. Adir is one of the more prominent political factions in the game of Pillars of Eternity. And in fact, if you dive into the lore of the game, it's one of four main political powers. We have the Adir Empire, the Rawatai, Old Valia, and the Glanfathans. So to better understand who and what and where Adir is, I think what we should do is we're going to go into the history of their people by diving into an in-game lore book. So in Pillars of Eternity 1, there's a book that you can get called A to Your Empire, Part 1, Origins. And I want to read through that, leaving comments as we go, that will explain where they come from and the foundation of who they are as a people group. This is a small book that we can find somewhere in the Pillars of Eternity games, and there's two parts to it. And we're going to cover the first book today. And it starts off like this. In approximately 2200 A.I., and AI is the abbreviation that they use for the modern calendar. It stands for Anni Arizio, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Approximately 2,200 AI, a group of tribes called the People of the Deer, unified into a new civilization called the A Deer Kingdom. Now, you read in other books that the word A Deer means literally "People of the Deer," or in a more modern translation, "Many Deer." These tribes, small and widespread over the land it would be better for their continued existence to unify. The leaders of each tribe became advisors to the king chosen by the group. Each advisor would still be lord over his people, but each lord would answer to the fair koning, which is a dirin for first king. So right there at the start, we see the foundation that these people have laid for their government. And it's what can be described as a hereditary monarchy. Continuing in the book, This decision turned out to be exactly what was needed, and the Edirin Kingdom thrived, spreading out over the land, establishing strong trade routes, and becoming known to be fair but shrewd businessmen. While the country thrived and internally there was little strife, there was still the occasional skirmish with the neighboring Elven Kingdom of Kuklin. Backtracking just a little bit, I find it really interesting that when they talk about the Edirin Kingdom thriving they mention three things. They mention spreading out over the land, establishing strong trade routes, and becoming to be known as fair but shrewd businessmen. The fact that in the lore for this people group, it was written that these were the three things that they thought would be considered them thriving, tells you a little bit about what the Aderan people value. Spreading over the land, so they really value acquiring more for themselves. They really value having their reach go out and having more land for them to own as well as establishing strong trade routes that shows that they highly value their economy that that that's something that they really take the time to put effort into because for them it's a sign of success and lastly becoming known as fair but shrewd businessmen so they obviously value intellect and cleverness and the ability to use that in an actual way that helps their country Now, it's easy to paint this in a kind of selfish manner, that the Edir were just really, really focusing on acquiring land and having lots of money and taking more stuff. But, I mean, you really have to consider where a lot of early empires were putting their focus. As well, these things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves, it just happens to be what they valued. Now, the really interesting thing that they end on in this first paragraph is that they're still at war with a neighboring empire of elves called the Kuklan Elves. Now, these elves are going to be really important in the foundation of the Adir Empire, because currently it's the Adir Kingdom, and that is a different distinction. So, these elves, these Kuklan elves, who are they? Well, in Pillars of Eternity, their first DLC, the White March Part 1, there's a unique battle axe you can find there called Wodawis, and in the item description of this battle axe, we can read about the Elven Kingdom of the Kulins, and so this is the description that we have. The Elven Kingdom of Kuln warred with the Adir Kingdom for nearly two centuries before the two powers merged. So that's something right there that we've just learned about the Adir is that the humans of the Adir Kingdom and the elves of the Kuln Kingdom merged together to create the Adir. And he's continuing on the description of, of the battle axe. During that time, many of the fiercest conflicts flared up along the edge of the Seathwood, where the two powers shared a border. Now, we know from other lore that the elves of the Kuklins were wood elves. The Seathwood elves used the jungle terrain to their advantage, and quickly became infamous for their cunning and brutal tactics. The rest of the description of the battle axe goes on to talk about the military tactics of the Seathwood elves, the Kuklins, but for now we're just interested in the history. That's all we really know so far about the Kul'Klin Elves. So now, returning to our original book, the Adir Empire Part One Origin, we're going to continue our, where we left off. Now that we know who the Kuklin Elves are, not long after the kingdom was formed—that's the Adir Kingdom—the Adiran people began studying animancy. So the humans of Adir are now studying animancy. Animancy is the study of essence or the soul. So essentially what they were doing was they were using machinery and psionic powers to study the souls of the people. animancy and the soul or essence, it has to do with the, this system of reincarnation known as the wheel. So everyone who exists in the aura has a soul and those souls have previous lives, much like our current understanding of what reincarnation is. And using animancy, which you could call is the science of the soul, they can actually peer into previous lives of a person, as well. They could cure soul afflictions, which is something that would plague people if they had a sick or weak soul, who could lead to madness, or memory issues, or personality disorders. The Adiran people began studying animancy not long after they were formed, around 2200 AI. Animancy, still largely unknown at that time, was exciting but terrifying new realm that the Adiran scholars saw great potential in. This potential came to bear fruit in 2260 AI, so only about 60 years of study, when a group of animancers working together transferred the soul of a recently departed man into another body, creating the first of what would later come to be known as the Undead. Just pausing here, this is something I love about Obsidian that they do. In a lot of epic fantasy games or stories, we'll hear about undead. You know, skeletons wandering around in dungeons with their old armor, attacking anybody who dares enter upon their holy ground. And largely, we don't question it. We just say, oh yeah, you know, walking skeletons, undead corpses, that kind of thing. It's just, it's just part of the fantasy world. While other fantasy worlds do offer justification for why it happens, most of the time it just tends to be part of the trope. It just tends to be part of what makes fantasy fantasy obsidian could definitely do the same thing and that's not a problem and i don't think that they're better or worse because they have done what they did but they decided to offer an in-game justification they offer a reason in the history of their world for why there are undead walking around aora and that reason is basically animancy When different nations, not just Adir, study animancy and they eventually create what are known as the undead, that is how they end up plaguing the world. And so when you're playing Pillars of Eternity, or when we will be playing Avowed, you run into any undead, you can know that it is the result of experimentation in the science of animancy that likely caused this to happen down the road. So continuing on in the book of the Adir Empire, the reaction to this discovery that is creating the undead. Was swift and decisive. Both the King of Adir and the Church of Wodika condemned this event, and the study or practice of animancy was outlawed. It would never again be practiced openly on Adiran soil. So that is really important to look at here. First off, the King of Adir. So we don't have a King and Queen yet, which come into play later. And the Church of Wodika. We know from other sources in the game that Adirans generally worship the goddess Wodika. And so it's not surprising to see that this is here. It's just a good thing to point out, especially considering in the reveal trailer for Avowed, we see a symbol for the goddess of Whitica. That's how we kind of were able to figure out that the nation of a deer is going to be part of the game of Avowed. The fact that they swiftly chose to outlaw Anamancy tells me that there was a bit of tension there with the practice and study of Anamancy that they were just able to quickly decide to get rid of it. Or... The issue that was caused by creating undead was really, really damaging to their people, and there's probably some story there that we don't know about going on. Continuing on in the book, conflicts with Kuklan continued, escalating into a minor war in 2398 A.I. So they've roughly been at war for two centuries now. Afterward, a treaty was signed and the Kingdom of Adir merged with the Kuklan to form the Adir Empire. So this is where we get our modern understanding of Adir Empire. It is the unification of Adir and humans and the Kuklan elves into one empire. And this idea of unity is a motif we see in Adir's early history. Back when they first formed, it was a various groups of human tribes and they decided that they should unify it and form a kingdom. And then, when Animancers started studying Animancity, they decided to get together. And even though it ended up in a tragedy, it was them working together that had the breakthrough in the first place. And now, after a minor war, these human Adirans and these Kuklin elves decide to unify together to form the Adir Empire. And unfortunately, as we learn in the history of Adir, this motif of unity isn't something they stay consistent with, which is really unfortunate because it's a nice foundation to have as a society. I do wonder why they kept the name Adir. Why weren't they called the Kuklan Empire? Was there something about the war that made Adir the winners, or was it obvious that they were going to be victorious? Or perhaps was the history books rewritten to make it seem like they agreed on peace, when really, maybe Adir conquered them completely? We don't know, but all we know is that the Adir humans and the Kuklan Elves joined together to make the Adir Empire finishing off the first book of the Aedir's history. With political and military strife now settled, the Aedir Empire would become an economic powerhouse, able to provide resources that were hard to find in other parts of the world. Their trade routes became some of the most lucrative in the world. And the ending of this book, we see, again, the focus on their economic stability and their economic gain and the resources that they have. And they're really focusing on their assets. They're really focusing on the things that they have and what makes them powerful in this world. And perhaps it's that mindset that pulls them away from unification and instead into a little bit more violent tendencies. But that history has to do with the colonization of the continent known as the Eastern Reach, which we will save for another episode. So, without making this episode too long and diving into the full history of their colonization of that continent, as well as just what their culture and society is like, we're going to end the episode here, and we're going to continue on next episode looking at the rest of the history of deer. This has been The World of Ayora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Ginchirino, and I thank you so much for joining me on this, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and will consider leaving a rating and review so that I can get better at doing this, and that other people can find this podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of me, check out the links in the description. I definitely like hearing back from you guys, and I appreciate any feedback or encouragement you have to offer or any questions about the game. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.